0: You're listening to episode 118 on the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. And today I'm
1: chatting with Haley Morgan. God gave me these children to shepherd. He did not give them to me to put through some like amazing Christian machine that's going to pop out amazing Christian children. Like if that was guaranteed to me, that would be amazing, but it's not. And I am more responsible for my own soul with the Lord than I am to popping out like these shiny Christian children. So just being able to say like ultimately my responsibility is to stay tethered to Christ and to choose that and to choose to rest in that because ultimately like that would be my hope for my children is that they could do that too and that um, by me resting and me yielding to the Lord. like. That gives them a better idea than any rigorous like parenting protocol I would put them through. Do you ever feel like you're
0: too much or you're not enough? I know women, we tend to either be insecure that we're not measuring up, or we feel like, oh man, we're too much of a mess to be dealt with. And it keeps us from actually walking in the calling God has for us today I'm chatting with Haley Morgan. She recently co-authored a book with Jess Connolly called Wild and Free and it comes out May 3rd. So Haley and I talk a little bit about being a boy mom and we also spend some time on friendships since so she and Jess co-authored this book but they've also started businesses together. They've been in a friendship for a long time. How do you fight for that friendship? How do you call each other up instead of out? And what if happens if you have different communication styles? How do you work through that, we also spend some time talking about the wild and free concept that God created us to be wild. We have our Eden identity and he also redeemed us through Christ. We have our redeemed identity and that's what gives us confidence in our decision-making as moms, as women, as wives. And so I hope you are encouraged. I am excited to share this with you. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Haley, welcome back to the god Center Mom podcast. Hi, Heather. How are you? Okay, I looked it up because everyone listening always knows that I'm like, Well, it's on some episode. I probably should have looked it up. I actually did my homework and I looked up the last time you were on the show. Episode two. Two! That's crazy. <laughs> and now it's one hundred and eighteen. Whatever.
1: Heather, that's amazing.
0: it's only only God, but I'm so thankful that you were like one of the first to be like, Sure, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'll I mean talk
1: anybody to you. Yeah, anybody else that has four boys, I'm like, yes, please, we must talk now.
0: <laughs> Even if no one's listening, let's just right? chat. Exactly. Uh, so welcome back. And for all y'all that don't know Haley, Haley, would you just, you kind of mentioned it, the four boys, but would you just introduce everyone to your family?
1: Yeah, I have four little boys. The oldest is nine and the youngest is three. And uh we live in the Midwest. We live in Indianapolis and Ooh. just kind of like a very suburban existence. And it's my life is so much momming. I mean, that's just so much of where we are right now. We're very much in like the head down, early school years, and just kind of trying to shepherd all of our kids into school. um, And kind of then like, reevaluate and see like, okay, take a deep breath. They're all out of diapers. What do we do now? (laughs) Like the survival mode
0: kind of is over. And now it's like, oh, we have to be intentional. Oh, these are people that are like going to make
1: decisions one day. It's so different, Heather. It's so different. Probably even than last time I was on the podcast. I mean, we're just in a totally different season. It really actually caught me totally off guard. I thought I'd be one of those people that was like, baby years were so hard. It was so exhausting. And then I'd love the older years. Um, Mm. And baby years are hard and it is exhausting. But I'm a person who likes to be like in my head a lot and kind of thinking my own thoughts and living my own schedule and doing my own thing. And I think my selfishness really was reflected back at me when I realized how hard it was for me to seed my own Time and my own mm-hmm. mental space to mm-hmm. these four people who now all walk and they all talk. Three of them are in school. I mean, so yeah, yeah it's been interesting and more difficult than I anticipated.
0: Yeah, and and the complications of friendships for them and yes. sports and yep. their own identity. Like when yes. they're cute and little, we're like, they're amazing. They're going to be president. It's awesome. <laughs> exactly. and, then, and then, like, they get big, and you're like, oh yeah okay, so maybe yeah. they're not going to be president. Yeah. And what are we good maybe at? Maybe that and w-
1: would be not a good thing for us <laughs> to try to push on the country. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a, and just their own personhood. Yeah, I mean, I think personhood. it's just such a thing to behold. Like when you, I tell even people who have like their one kid, their one baby, I always say like the second one rocked my world because all of a sudden we felt like a family unit. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, we were, like, a couple who was, like, toting around a cute baby who actually, like, made our life way more fun. And then the second was, like, oh, we're a family unit. Um, but all that said, transitioning from no kids to one kids was certainly the most well, Yeah, yeah most that, that rocks crazy. your world enough. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, yeah, it does. yeah.
0: Every, every stage, every season. And for some, like, one it is the rocking that's done. They're done. And then others, it's the seventh or the eighth or the tenth. I mean, it's just... Like so unique to each person, uh, but I, I totally get what you're saying about this new, this new stage of, yeah. of momhood and and the quiet not being there. Are you an introvert more or?
1: You know i I am like a classic ENFP on the Myers Briggs. Oh, that's me too. So yeah, and Same. so t- apparently, like I was doing some reading because I find myself being more introverted the older I get. Yeah, but I. F- read that ENFPs are more ambiverted. So they straddle the line between introversion yes. and extroversion. Yes. And I find that in myself to be true. Um, it's like, I'm an extrovert on my own terms. I yes. don't want like, not just any person like lights me up. It's not just being around people, but, um, cause I've had to realize like, yeah, I am an extrovert, but all of these four people that require me to like care for them, they're also people. So I'm around them all day, every day, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not so feeling, most- feeling
0: filled up. I'm not, it's not exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought totally. that's really interesting. The, the
0: certain people, cause Bristol love if I go to like a girl's weekend or a retreat or some conference, he's like, you come back so energized. I'm like, that's cause I'm like having conversations that I enjoy having. And I'm reminded right. of like what I love and I'm being with yeah. girlfriends who encourage me and identify with where I am. And, and, uh, you know i feel like with four boys and husbands- it's like they're all my boyfriends, and they all exactly <laughs> they all want my love and and although, yes. as a little girl, I did want to have lots of boyfriends, the reality <laughs> of it is a little harder <laughs> than I anticipated,
1: yeah, isn't it so funny, like the like the funny love affair that moms and boys have yeah, yeah, it's I mean it really is you're like teaching them how to like navigate the idea of like a lady and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I mean I, f- I feel the burden of that of mm-hmm. like yep I'm the only one that's here to model <laughs> this there aren't even any sisters or anything so yeah. oh yeah my, yeah, my, but, oh, my man.
0: fourth son does have an imaginary sister that he
1: Her, of, course. So of course so he's not the is. baby no like I mean,
0: it's, his, it's his imaginary sister named I Belle. love it yeah
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: that's that's, so that's our funny. only girl in the house and she's very easy He's super easy. She's
1: clear. It's like she's not even there.
0: <laughs> I I wanted to have you on the show first because I just like talking to you, and second, you have a new book coming out with Jess Connolly, who mm-hmm. I looked it up was on episode sixty-eight and shared some great stuff um, about her journey and depression. And it's really great if y'all haven't heard that episode, definitely go listen to both Haley's episode two and Jess's episode sixty-eight. But y'all have big another baby. Yeah,
1: that's what, May 3rd. I keep telling Mike that my husband, I keep saying like, I actually, I hated that analogy when people said like, it's a book, baby. And like, <laughs> no, actually I grew real people and that's not a book. Um, but I do have a lot of the same like feelings about it. It's like, I feel like I'm in my 39th week of pregnancy. I mean, the book comes out in a week and I feel like annoyed. I feel like uncomfortable at night. (laughs) Like I'm agitated. I feel like this thing is about ready to like, I think it's been so protected and within our control for the last Gosh, it's been like three years we've been working on it to Mm. now it's like going to go out into the world and then you really lose the right to have control over your words because you've put them out there. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like having a baby like you Mm. um, are so connected to them when you're pregnant and then you put them out in the world and then they're their own person. And I think it's kind of it feels similarly. So as much as I hate that analogy or that whatever cliche, I feel like it is apt as annoying as it is.
0: Well, and it's, I mean, and then what do we do when we say there's two moms for the baby? Because at least you're
1: sharing, like you're,
0: like, yeah. there's probably, that's a great way to do your first
1: officially published book, um, is you've got, like, a
0: buddy that you're not, like, you're sharing the stress with, you're sharing, uh, and I kind of remember when you guys, you met with your, like, the first time you were going to pitch it, you were like, here we go, this is what we're going to do, I mean, it does, it takes a while, and to go through all those waves together, you'll have
1: a good friendship. Yeah. And it's not been a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, even friendships grow and change over that long. And so Mm -hmm. to be, to work together and to have a creative project together for that long, like even as your own um, faith journey is growing and you like know the Lord in different ways than when you started. And, um, but it's been really sweet and really, uh, it's just encouraging. And it is such a weight off of, just doing it by ourselves. I mean, we look at each other all the time and we're like, our next books, we have to promise we're going to do this again because we both have individual books next. And there is some of that like, oh, you mean I have to write twice as many words (laughs) and I have to solely bear the responsibility of getting the book out into the world. But we it's just been a huge gift. I mean, I think it's just, we come at the subject matter from such different angles that I feel like it really benefits the book on a whole to have both of us too. So I guess like any good parenting, you want your spouse to be a little different than you. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> yeah, well there you go. So we'll do it. Whole <laughs> other topic. So okay, I know that you just kind of brought up your friendships and how it changes, and you guys wrote a little like book for people that pre-ordered. Yeah. Is that what it is? So yeah, if they pre-ordered, they could get. Which by the time this episode airs, may not.
1: Maybe. I think that it'll be the last day. Like the first day, of the podcast will be the last day that they can pre-order. So if they're listening now, they can go pre-order and get the little friendship ebook. Well, tell us um, a little bit
0: though. Like, what have you learned in your journey of friendship with Jess? Like, what are some? We talk about friendship a lot on the show because it's so complex, yeah, and I mean it is. It can yeah. add a lot of stress to my mom' life. Uh, Me too. And some I think- joy, right? Like both. I need mm-hmm. my friends, but also it can it can actually, you know, rock an entire day if I have one bit bad interaction. So
1: yeah. um, tell well, us, what have you learned? I, yeah, well, so Jess and I also run a business together called the Influence Network. And that has been its own, I mean, we we became friends and then very quickly went into business together. Mm. And so it's a very interesting, like, my husband always says, like, you have two marriages in your life because mm-hmm. um, like Mike and I are married in life, but and Jess and I are married in business and now in this book. And um, it takes as much um care as a marriage. And I think any any friendship takes care and takes um a lot of continued mm, just checking right. in and kind of leveling expectations and things like that. And I think a lot of it's choosing to stay in it and choosing like I am going to love you. It's just like when you're married and you like made the choice, you're going to be married to that person and you are going to choose to like see the good in them even when it's not overly apparent. And I think that Jess and I have really tried to learn how to do that well with each other and also to respect each other's differences and the way like our different communication styles. Like Jess is one who like, She has a super, um, she can like see things in a broader scope than a lot of people can. And then Mm -hmm. she wants to, um, wants to talk about it or process it, wants to see people grow in it. And I'm a lot, I am a lot slower processor. I will take in information and then I'll, it'll like tumble around in my head. Like, did you ever, when you were a kid, did you ever want one of those rock tumblers? Okay. I I never did,
0: but my boys had one and I, yeah.
1: It's like All days and
0: weeks of rock tumbling. Yeah. yeah.
1: All I mm. wanted was a rock tumbler as a kid, like every Christmas. And I feel like that's how my brain works. I like mm. tumble over a rough idea until it's like one shiny, shiny, pretty rock. Mm. Um, and I'm like very slow in that tumbling. And I will stick like I will stick with that one general concept until it's like a finished concept. Yeah. And so I'm a lot slower to process. I'm also a lot slower to um teach and that sort of thing. And so we ran up against that some where um Jess would want to talk about something. Like she would see something in our friendship or see something in my life and she'd want to talk about it. And this is not this would not be surprising for her to hear. Um but she would want to talk about it and I, it would catch me off guard. And mm. I would be like, "I want to talk about this, but I cannot talk about this, like right in this moment. Um, because I also have a weird thing where my eyes like to leak, um, (laughs) whenever somebody comes to me with something, um, that needs attention, I have a tendency for some reason, my body just like physiologically reacts with like crazy tears, even if I'm not that upset about it. And so I, I need a minute to like step back and say like, let's, I need to process this. And so that took us a while to figure out how to navigate because on both ends, like there can be temptation on my end to then like, like try to avoid conflict Mm. because um, it's uncomfortable in that moment, even though it results in so much fruit and results in so much like life. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a learning of how to kind of push and pull on that and for me to be willing to say like also for me to be willing to go to her and say like i see this like how can we grow in this in our friendship because i would be really slow and hesitant to go to her with that sort of thing too because to me it was like why why would i do that to somebody i hate when people do that to me <laughs> um so it has but it's been so sweet and refining to both of us i mean i think that we really look at each other as like god's uncomfortable grace to each other and just mm-hmm. like very sweet grace and very um, it's just been a huge just blessing and learning experience. And it's really unlike a lot of friendships I've had in the past. I mean, I'm one of those people who's like there's that quote of like one of the only benefits of being an adult is like choosing the friends that you have (laughs) or like I think it actually says like not hanging out with people you don't like or that sort of thing. Yeah, Um, not playing with people you don't like. But I do feel like generally I do fall into that camp of, like, if it's not life-giving, like, jump out. But Mm. I think there are friends that you're called to for a long season. And it's not always going to feel, like, super fun. Mm. Um, And I'm obviously talking about, like, the the rub of things. And obviously there are, like, 97% more, like, Fun and joy and confetti and all of that. Well, I think the
0: key is, like, you're fighting for your friendship. Like, if it's a friendship that 97% is amazing and life-giving and, you know, all this great stuff is coming, fruit is coming out of it, it's worth pushing through the carefrontation.
1: Yes. (laughs) Did you read that in the book?
0: No, that was from Taylor University when they traded
1: I was going to say, that ended up in Wild and Free. Did it? Because <laughs> I went to the little Christian school right down the street. Yeah. I went to Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah. And they, and confrontation was very, like, real in my yep. life. Like, yep. it's that thing of, like. Um, I need to go to coffee. We need to talk about this. (laughs) And I would dread it. And I think it seriously like put a weird thing of like conflict and friendships in my life because I was like, this is not care. Do not do this to me. (laughs) This is Um, not how I view caring. Yeah, exactly. But I think that it was learning like, yeah, I don't view care that way. But Jess and I talk in the book too. It's actually in Jess's chapter. We go back and forth. So it's kind of a fun dynamic. But Um, She talks about calling each other up instead of calling each other out Mm. because everybody's Mm. worst fear is being found out, you know, Mm. or that people will see your sin or whatever. And so it's the idea of saying, like, you can live up to this. Like, I see this in you. I see Christ in you in this way. And Like you can grow in this and Mm -hmm. kind of doing it that way rather than like, look at how you failed. Look at the way you're letting people down or letting me down or that sort of thing. So that's kind of to to a higher,
0: higher standard, like not just saying, you know, well, you messed up and I'm going to point out all your broken places instead saying, you know, we're in this together. We're a team. And I see that this is something that God calls us to and that maybe, We could work on together, like a more teamwork effort kind of thing.
1: And I see that in motherhood, too. Like, I do Mm -hmm. that with my kids. So why would I not approach it that way with Mm -hmm. my friend? I'm never going to, like, leave my kids stranded. I'm never going to point out sin in their life and then, like, be like, see ya. Have fun (laughs) with that. Um, And so I don't know why we would feel like it's natural to do that with our friends. Kind of, like, dump on them and then like go about our own life again mm. um, but Jess is great about that in li- in general in life like she is a person who like is in it with you for the long haul so it's been a good encouragement um, just in general and seeing friendships as a healthy and life-giving thing rather than as something that is just a necessary energy because um, yeah. I think in Christian world we so much hear about like community and relationships and how like I mean, I think it's almost to a point where it's so much of the message right now, or at least in the last five years, like God created us for relationships. God Mm -hmm. created us for community. And it is true, like God created relationships and community, um, but God didn't create us solely for community and for relationships. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of that like dichotomy and that tension of pursuing something that's good for us and that has so much room to bear fruit but also not making an idol of it and not feeling shame when it's difficult Mm -hmm. um, or feeling, like, exhaustion when it takes work. Mm -hmm. I think being able to go back to the Lord and say, like, this is hard. Like, Mm -hmm. you created me to be able to live in community but, like, our ultimate thing is still with the Lord. Like, our ultimate community is still with the Lord. And so I think think, being able to, like, go for – to the Lord for freedom from the hangups that we have. Because I think naturally we all have hangups in regards to relationships because we've all been hurt in the past in some form or the other.
0: I think when you said it's an idol, that that's exactly where it is. I think I've seen times in my life when I struggle the most, it's when I'm looking to other people to fill that place that only God's supposed to fill. And when I'm spending time and I'm getting like, feeling and knowing his love intimately and, like, Jesus Mm -hmm. is right there, then relationships are an added bonus. They aren't the thing that's filling me. Because when I go to people to be that thing, when there is a confrontation or a struggle, I, like you know, crumble. It's, it's not yeah. my best version of myself, but when I'm oh. in a solid place with him and he is the primary relationship and I'm seeing the community of God, the father, God, the son, and the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. like a work in my life, then I can just, you know, benefit from those friendships and from the trials and the struggles and the brokenness crashing into brokenness and making messes yeah. everywhere. But, um, right? yeah, it's yucky. Yeah. Sometimes it can be a mess, but Yeah. And, you know, you kind of, you mentioned before we got on, like as moms, you know, we can, we can lose our ground. Like we can get kind of shaken by this desire to be right or get it right or do friendship right. And, you know, kind of talk through what, what did you share in the book about that as an encouragement to the mom list? Yeah.
1: So I have always been the person that I'm actually writing an article right now. I'm like stumbling my way through it because I just don't know exactly the words I want to put to it. But it's the idea that we're always looking for something like better, a better way to do it, something that's going to make us feel better just in general in life. Like mm-hmm. I was the person who, when I was in elementary school, like I did not trust my teachers that they were like actually teaching me. <laughs> like I hated kind of a going skeptic. on field. Kind of a I was. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. When I was, like, I'd go on a field trip and I'd be like, I don't know that I trust you people to, like, do like take care of me and get me back to where I'm supposed to be. And that kind of nature kind of carried with me. I mean, I was always looking for the next best thing that was going to kind of make things right or make me content. And so even I remember being in college and we went to a little Christian school where it was like the ring by spring sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And... You mean the I wedding was, the wedding
0: ring, right? The engagement
1: ring. Yes. yes the yep. engagement ring by spring. Yeah. Yes, yes. And um, I was dating my husband and I remember like going through like spreadsheets just thinking like, <laughs> how can we get married? How can we afford this? I don't even know. And thinking, well, I'm in college right now and college is hard and I'd rather be married. I'd rather be like out of the season. Mm-hmm. But – I also knew I did that in high school because when I was in high school, I was like, I just want to get through high school so I can be in college. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with my first son and we had moved 600 miles away from all of our family and friends. Mm -hmm. And we were living in this little apartment and my husband was traveling all the time and I was crazy sick. Like I just Mm -hmm. puked for like nine months straight Mm -hmm. and they still weren't really prescribing any medication for it then. Awesome. And so it was just this awful trial. And I remember laying like my husband was out of town. I remember laying by the toilet and just thinking like, how did my life end up here? Mm. And realizing for the first time, like there is no way through this but through it and actually doing it. And it was the first time where I really felt like the Lord like supernaturally was like, and this is contentment. Like it's mm. it's being in it and it's knowing like, yeah, this is what you asked for and you're in it. So Like, come to me and come to me to figure this out. But I really realized that that part of my personality, just that I was always looking for something to make things right. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is something in me that just it's actually I'm looking for the Lord, but I'm looking for him in the wrong places. And I'm looking for the wrong things to um, to fill that place. And Mm -hmm. so my grandpa, he's super wise. He has always said, like you don't need to live your life always looking back on your decisions because you make the best decision that you can with what you know at the time. And then you just go forward from that. And I tried to, I for a long time, tried to fit that with um, kind of how I saw Christians in my life act and kind of how the Christian worldview looks on that. And it's, there's that thing of like always looking for wisdom, always being sanctified, all of that. And I couldn't, wrap my head around how those two things could exist together. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just really longed for peace in my life and just freedom from that. Always striving, always kind of, um, I think there's a difference between being sanctified by the Lord and like constantly living in a cycle of self-help and always looking for like the thing that's going to make us right and make us better. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately like the Lord has already made us right with him. And so it's just a yielding of his like gentle pressure through our life that will sanctify us. So I kind of, um, my grandpa kind of gave me this word picture and something I just kind of carry in my life that just think of your life. So I think we often, or at least I did, I remember when I was a new mom and a relatively new wife and just going to my pastor and being like, how will I know how to be in God's will? How will I know if I've gone outside of God's will? And he really frustrated me at the time because he was like, Haley, it's a canyon of grace. And I was like, that is not helpful at all. (laughs) Terrible answer. Sounds Um, lovely. Right. But what he was really going at is like, it's not a checklist. So Mm -hmm. it kind of, ultimately, I think of it like, there's this awesome museum where I live in Indianapolis and there's this giant room that has this big pendulum yes. and it attaches to the ceiling. And so it's like being centered with God. We're yes. attached to God. We can't detach us. Like we are gods. And so if you're the Lord's, if you have accepted Christ, you're attached to the father. And if you think of a pendulum, it can swing really far left, it can swing really far right. But ultimately, it's not going to take very long until it comes back in its plumb with the line that it, with the point it's connected to at the top. And so it, as long as we're tethered to to the Lord, He and the Holy Spirit is going to guide us and bring us back in line with, um, with God as long as we're listening and um, yielding to that. And so I think I always think about that when I get a little crazy and like striving and I do that, like you said, like when I'm not centered with the Lord, when I'm not taking that time to say like, right, my position with you is like assured and um, your love for me is assured and I'm not, I don't have to go hustle for my worth. Mm -hmm. And when I can think of it like that, I know, I know that like abiding with the Lord is like, the healthiest thing I can do. And when I do that, I am like soft and I'm tender to the way that the Lord moves me. And it doesn't feel like this constant questioning of like, if I move to the little, a little to the left, is that the right way? Is that going to yield the results that I want? Mm. Because it's ultimately not me creating those results. It's me just like giving my life to the father. And obviously that's like something that, feels very cliche and very trite and something that we talk about a lot as Christians, but it's something I don't see actually lived out in a lot of ways in Mm. Christian circles or kind of in, in the church. And Mm. so I feel like that's my like life's message is like, it is not about the like self-help and the to-do lists and how Mm. you're going to make yourself better, shine yourself up more. Mm. Um, because then we're making it so much about ourselves. And yeah. to me that's like such freedom and it's such like a deep breath. And like, okay, I can do that. I mm-hmm. can like sit back and allow God to work in my life.
0: And how's that impacted your motherhood? Like as you make decisions oh, with mercy. your boys and you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we like went through the same thing that I feel like a lot of school parents go through is like do we send our kid to the public school do we homeschool? I mean all of these were not long um long for decision making because private school is out of the question because it's too far away from our house and too much money but homeschool is out of the question because I actually want my children to learn and so but I feel like any I, and homeschool, I mean, I want my children to learn because I am, would not be a capable teacher, not because. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah. Yes. yes. I know so many amazing homeschool moms, but yeah. my kids would be like, oh, you listened to how to learn, or you learned how to listen to podcasts. Great. That's a good day. Good work. Um, but for me, it is just that I can like take a deep breath. I can say like, right, I'm not going to screw my kids up. Like. God gave me these children to shepherd. He did not give them to me to put through some like amazing Christian machine that's going to pop out amazing Christian children. Mm-hmm. Like if that was guaranteed to me, that would be amazing, but mm-hmm. it's not.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the I am more responsible for my own soul with the Lord than I am to popping out like these shiny Christian children. So just being able to say like ultimately my responsibility is to stay tethered to Christ and to choose that and to choose to rest in that because ultimately like that would be my hope for my children Mm -hmm. is that they could do that too. Mm -hmm. And that, um, by me resting and me yielding to the Lord, like, that gives them a better idea than any rigorous, like, parenting protocol I would put them through. I mean, when you can just be so tempted to read this book or that book. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, like, they're all going to be a different slant. So they're all pushing you different ways. And um, it's just so much more peaceful. And I feel like I've been able to actually take a deep breath, rather than always incrementally, like every day questioning, like, Did I see fruit in my kid's life from this decision I made as a parent or did I see a detriment to their life? And I think obviously, like, if you are sensitive to the Lord, you're also sensitive to your children. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not, I don't think there's a way to, like, truly have those be mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. So to me, I've just found it as a huge way just to think, like, okay, there's freedom in this. Like, I don't have to be micromanaging every decision that I make because I'm the kind of person who would make implement a decision and then immediately be looking for feedback about oh, whether totally. that was the right decision or not. Totally, yes. And that can send you like going every which direction. Mm-hmm. And that's not great for your own soul. It's also like counterintuitive to parenting well. Because it's not stable. It's, you know, pushing them around in different directions. So I'm that way with like discipline strategies. I'll, be, I'll read a book oh, and be like, yes. oh, we're totally doing this. And yes. then I'll read
0: another. and I'm like, no, this is the right way. We were right? too lenient over here. Now we need to be a little more strict. First time yes. obedience. No, grace. I mean, it's like back and forth. Yeah. And the poor kids
1: are like, what's this? What's the story this week, mom? I know. Consistency. It's- not. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think based on our personality type, if you're an yeah. ENFP, like consistency yeah. is not really your not really my like, forte. forte.
0: Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. same
1: here. Mm-mm. So, very active. Yeah. Yes. So, I found it's a way, like, for me, if I can just be consistent with the Lord, like, in just like, if I'm not one thing, I like can say, like, I think rest and like abiding are like the things in my mm-hmm. life. So, if I can be consistent in those things, I feel like it helps so much with just living like a more proactive rather than reactive life. And man, am I prone to living a reactive life. Like that is just how I'm wired. So,
0: Well, and the more that I do spend with that rest and um, being with him, and I think that the plum stays more straight (laughs) and I don't swing as far outside of his will in my little – I, I think what you're saying is the confidence comes, the, the yeah. confidence in our decision comes because we know we're in God's will. And so we can be countercultural or we can be counter whatever our Christian culture, exactly. you, like whatever, like you said, it, it doesn't have thought, to yeah. be that school system. If, if we're feeling that this is what our family and God's will wants us to do, like, I think your confidence comes and maybe it's because I have a lot of kids. And like you said, we are like this family unit. I, I less often now look around to see how we're matching up. uh, Because I just can't keep up. Like I literally, I can't have each boy in three sports. I can't have them sign up for all the things. I literally can't get to all the places. And it's already feeling like April's the new May and we've, cut our schedule in half because one broke his arm, so baseball's out for one of them. So we're just doing
1: baseball for one, and that already feels like a lot for our family. So Yeah, we just have gotten into sports because for the longest time – I mean, Our kids are into sports. Don't get me wrong. But like we were just getting into organized sports. Right, right, right. Over like this past winter, we started like basketball and now we're going to do basketball and then flag football. And we're doing Mm -hmm. flag football for two boys. And like, Mm -hmm. man, like I feel like we resisted it for so long because what do you do? What are we going to do? Have four kids and four boys in sports? Like Mm -hmm. I'm not sure still how that's Mm going to work out. But Yeah. They do so much better when they like have something to get their energy out, mm-hmm. when like they feel disciplined in it. So we're just going with it and we're just like yeah. at the other thing, my my grandpa, again, he's like such a voice of wisdom in my life. Um, same guy who was like said the thing about decisions, he also is has always been good about saying like there is very little in life that we can't fix. Mm-hmm. Like there's very little in life as long as you have people who love you around you, like that you can't go back and kind of fix or redo. And I mean, I think that that's true. I think that even knowing that like the Lord is not going to like, I just wrote this in an email actually today because somebody said, Hey, it's a pre-reader of our book. They said, Hey, I'm reading this book. And it says like, God is not going to just like leave you hanging basically is what I forget exactly the quote that she had a hard time with. But, I said, like, God was good to save you from your junk once. Like, why would he mm-hmm. not, like, continue to do that? Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. just expect us to, like, get it right then. Like, mm-hmm. shine up. And that's mm-hmm. actually, I really lived a long time in my Christian life thinking that. That, like, God saved me once. But since he, like, saved me and, like, got me out of trouble that one time. Yeah, yeah. You better not mess up it's again. one
0: time. That's it. That's what yeah. he's giving and, you.
1: Yeah. And that's how I felt. And I feel like the idea that like grace is applicable as much from my past as it is in my present and also in my future, that was a huge game changer in my Mm -hmm. kind of faith in my own life. And also having trust that like God is not going to just leave my kids hanging. Like Mm -hmm. he's pursuing them. And that's, I mean, I think if I can think of anything that gives me confidence as a mom is knowing that it is not up to me. Like, mm-hmm. it is ultimately not up to me. Your and your job I, is to stay tethered. Your job exactly. is to stay tethered. Yeah. 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 So I think it's just a huge deep breath. And just being able to to see the big picture and understanding, like, these – I always tell my husband, like, our job as parents, like, in a secular sense is – or like a human sense is to raise like good adults. Like I don't mm-hmm. want my kids to Moral, be like
0: you know like,
1: yeah right exactly. So as an American, I feel like it's my duty to like raise a child that's not like causing harm to others. But as a believer, like it's to help them understand grace and be able, almost even be able to accept grace. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of a taught skill. Also, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. not an enjoyable thing to do. To mm-hmm. feel like. Oh, yes, I'm a broken person and mm-hmm. I sinned. So I need mm-hmm. grace. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I don't know. It's I feel like also like you, the more kids we had, the lo- more I had to let go of. And so like, it really is just like knowing the ultimate thing.
0: And that's just like knowing the Lord. Well, today I was feeling discouraged about something that happened yesterday, and I was chatting with Emily Thomas. She has the Struggling Well podcast, and she encouraged me with Psalm 6819, and I looked it up in the message, and I think it goes along with what you're saying. He doesn't just save us once. It says, blessed be the Lord day after day. He Mm -hmm. carries us along. That's grace, right? He's carrying us. He's our Savior, our God. Oh, yes, he's God for us. He's God who saves us. And I'm sure that's not saved us once, (laughs) Right. saves yes. like continually saves us i mean he's yep. the one we're resting in his provision in our weakest moments is when he's strong we all know all these little phrases but it's a living it out in the reminder and like you say yeah. in your book wild and free like those two parts before before you have to go because i know you have a life outside of this podcast but oh. tell everyone like those two things you, you kind of told yeah. me yeah look, so- wild and free tell us about those
1: yeah, well, it's easy to look at that and be like, wild and free. And I even said, like, there's something, I think it's an in introduction or maybe the first response to the chapter. But I said, like, yeah, wild and free, except for not too wild. Like, my, I'm a very, like, by nature, like a very, like, moderate. I'm like, no, no, not too far offline. But um wild and free is seriously, like, the last or five years of growth in my life of understanding the gospel and that idea that like, yes, God saves us. It's not like a saved us once and then you better like shine yourself up. Mm -hmm. And so wild is just really, we define it as like our Eden identity, like the way that God created us to be. And then free is our redeemed identity. (laughs) And it's the work Resting in the work that Christ has already done for us. Mm. So it really is like taking two pieces of the pie of just like really basic, like Christianity 101. Um, But it is something that I feel like is a hugely life-shifting thing if you can actually understand it and apply it in your day-to-day life. And I swear I struggled with that for gosh, eight, eight or nine years after being a believer. Like I did not understand that concept of like, oh, so it's not I was saved. And now I have to follow the checklist of how to be like a good Christian, because mm-hmm. that's just what I thought. And mm-hmm. it took a lot of unlearning. And I notice as I um, read the comments for the women who have already read the book, I can just sense that there are a lot of women who are realizing that for the first time in reading the book. And that's super exciting because i feel like it's like the gospel is all there is so it's the only thing like if you if you don't fully buy into that then you're missing out on so much of like the life and the fruit and the abundance that can come in the christian life and instead you're toiling and striving and just really trying to measure up to something that it's just not possible to measure up to
0: so i think your two terms exciting. wild and free it makes me think in the bible like you've got genesis and then you're skipping to the gospels. And that middle part is the part we don't like to read Yeah, (laughs) in the Bible. We don't like to read, you know, the slaves and the wandering, the wilderness and the the Israel just like messing up a constant cycle of, of idolatry and repentance and consequences. And we don't love that striving in the middle, but that's where we hang out, which is so crazy. Like we try to go back to the law and live under the law as if God's love is based on the way that the Israelites had to live and forget Like you guys skip that. Like, okay, he made us this way. He created us to be yep. in constant relationship with him, walking in the garden, nigging and free and wild. And then you're free now in that he sees Christ every time he sees you.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, and a lot of, there's uh, some like weaving in of like Exodus and the idea of like, I mean, just that God like was instrumental in this like huge, like wave of freedom and Mm. but that there was so much toil and struggle and like all this reason for freedom, like uh, just the whole backstory of it. And it's just really, um, it it does stink because it's like, why do we go back to, I think, um, there is a verse in Hosea, I want to say, about how they're content with raisin cakes. And mm-hmm. it's like that C.S. Lewis quote about, um, like, you have all of these amazing things, but you are content with mud. Is it mud cakes? I forget how he mm-hmm. phrases that exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's totally the same idea.
0: Yeah, we we would rather... You know, like they said, they'd rather go back to slavery because there was fruit there
1: yep. than the yeah. manna
0: that's falling from heaven. Like, he actually freed them. Even the Israelites, he freed yeah. them. And then he has to give them the law because they just can't accept that freedom. Like, they can't. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Was, he he knew that they asked for it. And then he's like, okay, well, now you want judges okay. and now you want yeah. kings? What? I'm just kings. like,
1: you're choosing to live in, in this. Uh, and I see it so much in our just... American Christian culture too. And I just like so much want to say like, there's so much more than that, but it's hard when you get any group of people, because anytime you, um, like make it more than one person, the natural regard is that we have distrust of other people. Mm -hmm. So we want to put things around them Mm -hmm. to, we might trust ourselves and our relationship with the Lord, but it's hard to trust.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's yeah. hard to trust other people because it's just not natural. And so we want to put, like, parameters around them and ways that they can show us that they are mm-hmm. trusting the Lord and that mm-hmm. they are in the Lord. So mm-hmm. I think it's just hard anytime you, like, kind of expand things from a person into a system. Mm-hmm.
0: So Very wise, yes. Anyway, also yes. that
1: happens in parenting, I feel like. I mean, yeah. they, I think – When I want to see fruit from my kids, like there's not a lot of ways to do that other than sticker charts and things like that. (laughs) So I think that our natural inclination is to do that with our kids and
0: the performance based. Yeah, I fall into it. Yeah. Like show me that you're
1: kind by being kind. (laughs) Exactly. Like a measurable unit of kindness, please.
0: (laughs) Yeah, something nice like hitting. Please, please. How many times do I say, don't do evil for evil? (laughs) I'll see one hit the other. And then I'll say, "But he hit me 1st I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I've told you a thousand times, it's not a good reason. That does not work in my boat. But exactly yeah, that center so. part. That center part. We are free, and yet we still, we still fail.
1: Yeah, we do. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, but, Haley, thanks, Grace. you're amazing, and I hope people follow you. Where can they find you online?
1: Yeah, well, I am uh, on Instagram at Haley.E, as in Elizabeth, dot Morgan. Uh, same website, HaleyEMorgan.com. No dots in between the E's. <laughs> um, and Twitter is at the tiny twig right now, but I'm working on switching that over to at HaleyEMorgan. Mor- um Yeah, and the Influence Network, I'm always teaching classes over there and always um, have one coming up in May about um, the idea of wild and free. So just going to be chatting more about that. So those are kind of – oh, and Wildly Co. I also have – Yeah, right? We haven't even talked about that. Yeah, I know. When do you sleep, right? When do you sleep? Right? No, I actually don't. I sleep a lot. I really love sleep. Yeah, No, but Wildly Co. is um, my kid's clothing company. It's kind of the place where I get to tell moms, like, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Um, And we make clothes in a really upstanding way so you can feel good about buying them for your kids. You know that another mom's kid wasn't over there, like, sewing the buttons on your shirt. Mm. Um, So... It's it's just a heartbeat of ours. It's really something that we know we buy kids' clothes all the time, and so they're always growing out of them. And so we're just looking to build a really easy way for moms to shop and get their kids dressed in a way that they feel really good about doing.
0: Well, we my last show um, was a gal who doesn't a uh, jewelry company, and we spent a long time talking about ethical fashion, and yeah, and kind of like have been creating this list on Instagram, and found out that the Root Collective has yes. a whole ethical. Y'all, did you get into that guide? Because they should add you. Because <laughs> uh, I think huge... we might
1: be. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. yeah. We're on Tish, uh, the Art of Simple. We're in her ethical clothing guide. Oh, she has one too. Uh, okay,
0: good. She I'll has link one, to one both too. Both of yeah. those. Yeah, good. Yeah,
1: we. It's been an interesting journey, just to realizing what our freedom, what we have, um, how that translates to to people's work conditions and what we can do with our freedom to choose. So it's really been probably the last five years of my life of learning and walking with the Lord is kind of coming to a, like a sweet little place of just being able to now walk those things out and kind of be able to see the fruit of just the hard lessons that I've been learning over the last several years. So that's the stuff. And man, anytime you're up for getting all those boys together, we'll have our octuplets together and it'll be great.
0: Next time I'm back home in Indianapolis, I would love to. Yeah, it you ever. just let me know. Yeah, we might we may, I'm sure we'll have a reunion, another reunion coming up for something, college or
1: something.
0: All right. room. Okay, good. All right. Bye, have friends. a good rest of your day. Mm-hmm. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenterMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.